Good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Dissect Podcast, or as we were discussing earlier, um, welcome to another conversation, because <laughs> that's really what these are. They're, they're not a beginning, middle, and end, and a, and a story to an episode and an arc. It's just we start talking, sometimes we start recording partway through, and um, yeah. It's a recording, and, then, and then there's we, voices on it. And there's voices, and then we share it. So uh, this evening we've got a, uh, a good friend and, uh, here with us, Jeremy Jones, who has, um, I'd, I'd say, sort of been a very strong influence on the evolution of snowboarding, especially as we know it today, um, and more so on the, on, the, on the street side, certainly, having come from skateboarding. And uh, we met a number of years ago um, when it, at some point he realized that maybe some strength and conditioning sort of preseason or some organized strength and conditioning um, would be uh, would be helpful to sort of um, not, not only to be able to practice the craft a little bit better, but also to, um, as the way I saw it, was to um, increase uh, resilience. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> because there's durability. not a, yeah, durability. There's not, yeah. a, there's not a small amount of falling, um, <laughs> when you're pushing the limits of what you can do. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, he and Seth ended up, um, training in, uh, the old gym and, uh, had some, some pretty valuable lessons there. And actually, and, and, and actually because of his connection with, um, I mean, I'll just say the the art side of things. Um, responsible for the the very first high quality video ever shot oh, nice. in Jim Jones. That's cool. I am. Yeah. Really? I didn't oh, even know that. Oh yeah, yeah. The the first like um, we sat down and did sort of an introduction uh, video, and it was a two camera affair, and I think yeah. a couple of Canon. Five, yeah, 5D, 5D probably. probably yeah. yeah. Was that the, yeah. the burnout? Was that included in that? Was no, because that, that was our that that was was second spot. Yeah. So that would have been after. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, it, and, and, you know, obviously that, you know, there's, there was a, a lot going on at that, that, that period, a lot of, a lot of change and growth. Um, and now I think, you know, there's, um, with, with this new sort of project, whatever this in air quotes is, uh, I think there's some, some, uh, good opportunity to, to collaborate on something, especially, you know, given the idea that, you know, we're, we're trying to explore sort of the intersection of, of art and action and how each influences the other. And the fact that, you know, both those things are pretty open-ended in terms of growth. And, uh, I can't say evolution, so I'll just stop with, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, have, we have band words, by the way. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. There, there used to be a list. Yeah. But. We erased the list cause we can't, we can't even see them. We, we don't even, we can't stomach. We'll do my best not knowing and then <laughs> be sure to correct me. So it's an intuition thing. Yeah. We expect everybody just intuitively to navigate that minefield. Huh? And when yeah. it goes off, we'll, we'll reassert that it went off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like just, you know, any, uh, any variant of optimize, hmm. Optimization, uh, optimal. Yeah, I think Eggs will be happy with me because I 
hated yeah. reading growing yeah. up. <laughs> so my, and my wife informed me just today, I said, I was a little nervous coming in because these guys have words. And she said, those yeah, two have words, Jeremy. That comes I from just, reading. We, 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 we talked about that earlier. I just, I make up my own words every right. once in a while. So I've, that's what I've done too. So yeah. Nice. I like it. Well, the grammar Nazi is here. So yeah, every now and then good. I like it, but I only like, he's the, just to be fair, I don't want anything to do with anything anti-Semitic. I'm the grammarian. He's the grammar Nazi. <laughs> okay. just, and, and I only really play it on you. Right. Because, yeah. because Paul makes words up and it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't I, I can't think of weary and wary without Fuck, that I, I can't either no every time I and I want to come up with something that, that just like a slogan that has both of those in it <laughs> we we did it the other day too oh, which nice. is pretty hilarious the same thing it keeps coming up because it's a very difficult <laughs> one to navigate relevatory relevatory yeah relevatory wait no yeah. <laughs> I get jumbled and, Anyway, so uh, <laughs> immediately off track, we start recording yeah. and we're yeah. you know five That's minutes perfect. in and we've already lost the plot. Um, no, so, we're talking about pioneers and influence, and you just make up your own words, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pioneering on the, on the I'm on the forefront of like made up shit. Made up words. Yeah. So words. I've got this. So I tried to. Because obviously we've been in the same circle for quite some time. I used to admire at the old place. You'd come in, do some shit, get the fuck out, and then go do real shit. And that's really the theme to what I um, consider the gym is useful for. Like use it for what it's good. And, and you, mm-hmm. I think, established fairly early on that, wow, that's how it should work. Um, but recently when when you'd come back into the sect... Um, it's like, oh, I gotta, you know, we're gonna record with you. I want to figure some stuff out and see what you've been up to because I haven't paid attention very well to anything other than like fitnessing. So I tried to go look and I'm like, wow, you've got a bunch of movies on Netflix. So I watched them all. <laughs> They're fascinating. And then I decided to tell you about how cool you were. And you were like, yeah, that, that's great. Not me. <laughs> and I laughed because I didn't think you were serious, but you were dead fucking serious. <laughs> So there are two Jeremy Jones. Correct. What, what's the plural grammar Nazi? Is that Jeremy Jones? I is that <laughs> Jeremy Joneses? Yeah, Z- Jeremy Joneses. Yeah, that's J O J O N E S and then a Z. Of course, Joneses. But this is really peculiar because you guys actually look the same. Like you look very, very similar, especially because your hair has been long, his hair has been long, short, whatever. Um, similar family, similar. You're the same age. Yeah. The only difference that I could assert is he grew up on the east coast you grew up kind of on the west coast yeah i mean kind of both snowboarders both snowboarders and then i mean our background's way different in terms of how we got into it he he i think he came from he has two pro skier brothers Mm -hmm. i was gonna say i felt like he came to it from skiing yeah he came to it from skiing so that was kind of his family background i don't know i mean again i don't know him super well just Mm -hmm. parts of it but he uh he was a racer and I first mm. met him at the very front end of my career. Um, the guy that got kind of got me into it was good friends with him from the East Coast in solemn, solemn racing on snowboards. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of met the other Jeremy Jones at the first, at kind of his first trip to Tahoe. Like I was there when he dropped his first cliff into <laughs> powder. And I was, you know, at the time, way more experienced in backcountry than this East Coast kid. And, so it's cool now to look at it, you know, cause he's, I mean, we can go into this more, but he's, you know, more of a big mountain 
strictly big mountain rider. Like he yeah. wants, he wants to go and drop from the peak just straight down. It's, you know, it's not about tricks for him so much. I mean, there's of course tricks involved in descending a mountain from the peak to the bottom, yeah. but mm-hmm. the tricks are much different, you know, than. And, and well, not the kind of, not when you say trick and it's so in the, in the context of snowboarding, it, uh, I think I, I certainly visualize something different and more akin to skateboarding in a right, way that, correct. that, um, yeah. So I, yeah. I think this, that's kind of where I was going with it as well Is it seems like there's like, uh, well, there's a hierarchy here for snowboarding that people that don't know. And I, I think I fit into the, like, I was a resort snowboarder. Like I took the lift up and I came down and if there was a thing, I would do a, the trick that I knew and then go finish the thing and then back up. And then there is this freestyle trick form. You make your own ramps, you do your own shit. That's kind of where category you you're best known for, right? Right. Yeah. yeah and and that follows into the back country as well. Like you still do some tricks in the back country. Yeah. I mean, my, my career has been, you know, what is it? 20, 20 years professionally, 30 years snowboarding. And so the, you know, at the front awesome. end of that, it was, um, there was no genre like you just did everything you you just rode the snowboard so it was the resort it was wherever you could access whatever you had funds to do and um for me i came from skateboarding so me and my buddies were you know it was just however we could do it we didn't have the money so it was our friend had a little bit of slope in his backyard so it was (laughs) you know that's where we found speed and then from there it was you know what kind of stuff can we do at this speed now? And this is Monday to Friday, basically. Because, <laughs> you know, on the weekend, it's try to get to the mountain, right? It's scrounge enough money at school to buy a lift ticket. And if we were lucky, we got enough to buy two tickets, you know, and snowboard both days. So that was kind of our program going up. And so we spent a lot of time just building our own stuff in our buddy's backyard and at these sand pits up above his house in Farmington. And so that was sort of our background and how I learned, you know, and I just, I've always wanted to do tricks, you know, even as a kid, it was about doing tricks. And so skateboarding was tricks and then got into snowboarding. And then just cause what we had access to that became, you know, jibbing and street snowboarding. Does that, does that change? Um, I remember, uh, skateboarding for quite a while and always, because it was a, a street sport and tricking was kind of the thing, it, it changes your it changes your viewpoint on like how you look at the world. Like when you're driving around in the winter, oh, yeah. you see totally different <laughs> totally. things than what other people see. Totally, and especially like uh, some people would say, "Oh man, that sucks." You couldn't like put you know um, you couldn't put you in the area that you probably would thrive in, i.e., season pass whatever in the mountains every single day. Okay, yeah, um, but maybe the benefit is that that wasn't you you didn't get locked into that thing you had to kind of make your own path design your own environment in that has that has that shifted greatly into how far you got into snowboarding because you saw the environment different um maybe Hmm. um yeah i think so i mean i i think what it did for me was develop what i was already doing anyway you know and it was which was cutting as much of my own path as I could, you know, from growing up in my family and, you know, the resistance from parents. And I I mean, I have great parents and I had a great family, but it, you know, just, just not following 
just the lines that they would draw for us, you know? And so I've always been just kind of cutting across those. And then <laughs> um, skateboarding was what gave me that acceptable kind of reason to cut across those lines mm -hmm. and just say, this is now my thing. And you, you know, you look around and, and at the time it was way more, um, what would the word be? You, you know, just like infancy. It was in its yeah, yeah, infancy. Yeah. And so we were watching skaters. Skater had been around a bit. So we had something to look at at the skate thing. But when we got into snowboarding, it wasn't much for us to look at. It was still pretty thin, and, you know, the people that were doing it. And at that time, it was largely driven by, I mean, I, I want to say that like the, um, it was largely driven by surf as opposed to skate, it seemed like. Because yes. like the stuff in the beginning, because mm, yes. there, there was a point I was working at a ski area, uh, Crystal Mountain in Washington, and somebody had an original litter stick, which, you know, had no edges, had that right. sweet sort of fishtail Fish on it. Swallowtail. Yeah. 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 Swallowtail. bindings, probably. Oh, that's hell never. no. Bungee cords. Oh, they're bungee it cords. Was, yeah. OG, OG. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and I um, tried to run. And so my job, I was managing the mountaintop restaurant at Crystal. And uh, somebody said, oh, you should try this. And so one day I took that thing to the top of the mountain instead of my skis. Just thinking, I'll just ride this down a skateboard. You know, yeah. when I was a <laughs> I kid, and I can, I'll, this will be no problem. I'll just get, to, I'll just ride down when the day is over of working, and uh, that worked out so well that um, I think I hurt my shoulder really bad, and I was like riding a cafeteria tray down oh, uh, no. <laughs> for the next couple of days from work because oh, I, wow. I, I just recall hitting the like the thing. Okay, I'm leaning to try and turn like a skateboard would turn, and 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 that because of the uh, the hardness of the snow and the fact that it was bungee cord bindings that would just flex. That <laughs> yeah, the, nothing the, the, lifting up your exactly yeah. that the winter stick stayed on the ground, and I just kind of would like oh, lean over into the snow and then like hit it with my face. Right, <laughs> right. And and I and it is similar to my experience with the first podcast. I thought, well, this is never going to catch on, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then. Obviously, there's a there's a pretty big evolution there that that but but it does seem like that in, in the beginning, I mean the guys that I did see back then who could do it, it was always in really soft snow and it was um, beautiful wide open turns for sure. Um, yeah. As just because of equipment, is, yeah. that's how the equipment worked. But also that's the, and but it also you know came from the the, the surf aesthetic where. There, there's not bindings on a surfboard. Like it doesn't, it, it probably like the bungee cords were probably to hold your feet on. We're probably like, oh yeah, we don't really want to do this because it's not pure, just but it kind of seems necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, can't I just mean, grip tape the top. <laughs> no, I mean, they do. Yeah, sure. they did for sure. No All the time. Grip tape and then the string off of the nose. That was kind of. Right. Oh, yeah, Cause you can you lift the entry. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of pull it and, and, and drive and lift it around. The nose a bit. But same thing. You need to be in some soft snow. And I mean, that's a big, um, surge right now, those pow decks and they're just binding less. And mm -hmm. so no kidding, but you can't, I mean, you can't ride them on the run. So it's all backcountry stuff, but man, okay. it, it's really fun. Yeah. And it feels <laughs> awesome, yeah. but it's like, you know, you're just, you don't have to wear your normal boots if you don't want, so you can feel the board a lot better. And then, and it's pretty rad. That's, that's pretty cool. But so if you're, you know, if you have access to powder a lot, I'd go pow board for sure. 
Oh, don't even sweet. bind in. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Especially being an old guy. It's nice, you know. <laughs> Just fall in the powder. Yeah. Splash. <laughs> and so at that time, like coming from skateboard, like if you're starting to snowboard and you said 30 years, so I'm just going to go 88-ish. Yeah, yeah. Something like that? Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so at, at, at that point, coming from skateboarding, um, the, the skateboarding at that time, I mean, were there, you know, there were not really developed skate parks. So mm. skateboarding was necessarily done on, you know, whatever natural, natural slash urban features right. existed as opposed to, you know, the beautiful, you know, bowls, bowls and things that, you know, that were meant to mimic the, the pools, um, of that era. But, um, and then you start, uh, so you take that aesthetic and apply it to snowboarding and then maybe find yourself in the urban environment. I mean, it's still just cause you're on snow, you start off the day and to to quote Rodney Mullen with a healthy dose of trespassing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> pretty much for sure <laughs> I mean at that the streets I mean I loved it because it was we always said that we would be the greatest robbers because we could roll into buildings like business complexes yeah and you time it right and even with security, we could roll in there and I mean, we're throwing five 1000 watt lights up, you know, with a <laughs> five, uh, 6,000 watt Jenny to run them. And so you're, you spend three hours building this yeah. thing, yeah. you know, shoveling all the snow in cause it's often where they shovel all the snow off. Out. Yeah. And we're like, no, this would be great if there was snow here. <laughs> right. Why'd you move it? <laughs> so you put it back into place, yeah. you know, you do your, your trick and then get your shot and you fire and you know you're setting it up in the dark usually you we've learned all these tricks to do it you know don't fire up the lights first yeah (laughs) and so but you know when those lights hit there's so when did the sort of the 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 the, the video like the the capturing of it start becoming an integral part of actually doing it like was it within the first couple of years that you started shooting some video or yeah we were shooting no, we didn't have access to a ton of video. Um, yeah, we we weren't capable of doing that really ourselves in the beginning. As, in the beginning mm-hmm. as our crew, and then so the shooting didn't start happening much until um, filmers and video companies started kind of picking up on what on our crew were, and uh, what we were doing. doing. Yeah, because and it, and it started out with a with a, a group of guys that you grew up with and skating and that kind of thing. Right? More, you know, yeah, was like, I was, was I like was a, lucky because I I mean I scored I had you know, the group of friends that I had, we all were kind of doing it and we were all good enough to get at least two in the door, you know? And I started, I kind of got the first hook with that, this guy, Ben Pruce, who was good friends with the other Jeremy Jones, Mm -hmm. who we kind of talked about. And then, um, he, let's see, where was I going with that? But getting into it a bit like the the video or the more professional aspect of it. Right, right. So he, he, anyway, he introduced us in and then that was sort of where people started taking notice because he was kind of somebody. Okay. And so they're like, well, why are you hanging around these kids? Because he saw something with us, you know? And then, um, so people started kind of paying attention and then we had the, the video guys kind of come out and, you know, we, at that time we were at a level, I'm not sure really what that was or what these guys were seeing because we were just doing our thing, you know. And well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys were doing such different stuff as well. Like the whole street influence was 
primarily influenced by like your crew, right? Yeah, I'm in the, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a couple years later yeah. where we sort of drove that, um, yeah, where we drove that whole movement. Okay. And that, okay. that was kind of yeah. me and JP. Mm -hmm. um, and we based it off of, you know, I never really like to take the credit. It, we get the credit a lot, but we were influenced by people too. You know, yeah, we, th there was the Midwest kids that mm -hmm. didn't have access to the mountains. And yeah. so those kids started and they, they did it the same way we did, you know, from skateboarding. And so they were kind of on this same program. And then we didn't really know about them. But then when we found out, it was just like, these are, these are our guys. Yeah. <laughs> these are our heroes. These are who we want to be. And, you know, they were only a year or two older than us, so we weren't that <laughs> far behind them. So it was easy to catch them and then ultimately pass them. Yeah, I was wondering, know? before the filming started, there, there seems like there's some sort of, like, personal arms race with this stuff. Like, there's no identifiable, like, you're far off from Snowboarder magazine featuring tons of big tricks and whatever, correct? Like there, there's no real like source of influence where you can go, okay, we need to try that because I saw it somewhere. At Most of this time. is creativity, right? Yeah, at that time. I mean, at that time you would get, you know, the, there were more magazines, which was mm -hmm. nice. You know, we would have eight issues a year. Now it's like three. Okay, yeah. But we would have eight pretty stacked issues, mm -hmm. you know, and so you would see those in the wintertime. They would kind of, you know, they'd build them all summer and then mm -hmm. sort of feed you feed you those in the winter. So that was sort of a good, um, a place to base things off of from, okay. and that's what would happen the previous winter. So we would see things that had happened mm -hmm. and then we'd just be like, okay, hey, we, you know, and we realized that it had been done. So mm -hmm. it wasn't where are those guys now. Yeah. So our goals became, okay, let's look at this, but they're probably here so we should probably be here yeah if we're if we're looking to participate in the development of this instead right. of just you know to lead it as opposed to just doing what we have seen that was done 12 months ago or you know last year which is is i, I would think in the in you know especially with any sort of immature sport things happen so fast uh -huh. that if you're reacting to something that happened the previous winter yeah. you're just you're sort of a follower and, and, and maybe exactly. you know, certainly draw inspiration from it. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of enamored uh, with like your thought, like <laughs> your thought process of when you think back about what you did, um, like what were those, obviously there, there's going to be a switch where people started paying attention. Like you, you had developed skill to enough, you know, uh, credibility or a high enough skill that people are like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Mm -hmm. And, and before that though, was it playful? Like, what were you playing? Was this like, you know, when you think about snowboarding before it became a profession, before it became a noticeable thing, before the recognition or, you know, all of that stuff was a real motivating factor. If it was, what's the thought process of like going out and building some stuff in the city and doing it? Like some of it has to be mischief, right? Like some of it's kind of like, is, is the breaking and entering like part of the draw? Uh, I mean, maybe, but that, you know, that, it would have never clicked in snowboarding because it already had clicked in, from skateboarding gotcha. earlier on. So, you know, and then, I mean, we, we were just, uh, I was a mischievous kid anyway. So it just sort of worked, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I <laughs> and to, to jump yeah. fences and, you know, climb all over people's buildings and mm -hmm. fly into their walls and hit their handrails was 
the practice of it me, did, yeah. did the practice of it feel like when did that switch from being like this is really fun i'm going to show my friends to uh I, now i got to do this because people are watching like when, when did that pressure change um or has it it changed it cha- it never the pressure never i was always able to deal with the pressure mm-hmm. like once sponsors started happening and then you know the the load that they would put on you mm-hmm. i i never really let that affect me mm-hmm. I, I was always i was always comfortable telling them no pretty much and so i guess i had that but then it's <laughs> what it, we call the fuck you in the back pocket <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was that worked for me but it it would have been a personal switch when we actually started filming with at the time the biggest film company in snowboarding which was mdp MacDog productions and that was you know i i got into that i got in that door but i had a slip disc that same year so i was kind of starting my rehab and i got that this this would can come to to the gym later yeah. but i got that slip disc because i that was the year i decided i was going to try and see if training would do something so i went to this Uh-oh. ptc gym up on 33rd <laughs> oh yeah and trained with this chick that was a muscle builder wait that's like right ne- the pl- it's like right next to liquid joe's basically i think they changed the name to atp fitness now is it it was okay. it was up, so. up above mine it was yeah. right by the rock climbing gym it was in that comp by the liquor store i think it's the liquor store now I was it, the gym in that <laughs> oh, corner oh, oh, okay up, it isn't the same okay. uh, up there where rei is yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. And, right by rei and ime yeah. and, okay. okay right before okay. olympus cove okay it so, wasn't the place i was thinking so about. this lady was just eating drinking egg whites every day and going to muscle contests and so she just built me up and so i got strong in this gym yeah and then the season hit and i just blew out and like you never went through a process of like learning how to use that new yeah muscle there was or sort of right there was yeah. no no function to this training yeah. it was just <laughs> i did well in the gym and yeah. that's it you know and <laughs> she's just sucking down wow. egg whites and i'm just like what is going like I don't have yeah. to do that, do I? I <laughs> let me use this orange paint on you. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Like you're gonna look so good in your videos. Yeah, dude. and she was orange and yeah. that <laughs> whole thing. And so that pissed me off. And I went, you know. So then I I backed off all the fitness stuff and just did did our snowboard thing. But that was the same. So that year I entered into that um, that film company, and that was me and uh, J P Walker, who mm. has we've been side by side pretty much our whole, we've had the same run, you know, from, from kids. And he, I grew up with him and started with him that's as well. Pretty so cool. that's pretty cool. And, and very special now when you look back on yeah, it, you yeah. know, but at the time it was just us doing our thing. And he, he had a killer part in that. And I just sort of, I played the supporting role, you know, just cause that was our time. That was our moment, you know? And so I hung in there the best that I could so that I could get my shot the next season. Um, and then that, I think that's where my switch was. Cause it was, it was knowing that I couldn't do it physically, mm-hmm. but I was capable because I was, yeah. I was supporting my homie doing it. And, and I've always, I've always viewed JP as a much better talent than me on a snowboard, but I could, I can hang with him always, mm-hmm. you know? And so when. I was just watching him. I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta be in on this too. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was really, I think my switch hmm. just that's, kinda, that was my own pressure. It's like, I have to be healthy and I have to 
focus and I have to get shots every single time these guys are here. When yeah. they come in town, it's like, you gotta you know, be, you gotta be ready, ready yeah. Yeah. every second at any time of the day. And that was kind of our, our thing. You know, we just rented a place there and, you know, down below bright and high in those apartments, me and JP. And that was kind of our, our, our chance at it. And so we just took it. Sounds like a familiar kind of pressure cooker. Yeah, sorts. I, that's what I was just I was gonna say. It's one of the really cool aspects about kind of your background and history, and like how the the crew, and whether it was you and JP or just like this solid crew, has always been around to like push each other along. And and that's probably from from my perspective, things that I've gotten interested in in my past too, is more about like the the things that we do are the excuse just to hang out with our our buddies For like, sure. that, that ended up like <laughs> whether it's fighting whether it's fitnessing whatever the case may be it's 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 just wanna it's, hang out and do cool shit yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then that's what's cool is like you had this solid crew around you all the time to like just keep that perpetual cycle going you right know, which is awesome it was, it was really cool yeah we were really we were really lucky and and we hung on to it you know we realized that early on and so we we hung on to it. We yeah. hung on to each other and we hung on to, you know, our, our careers certainly yeah. split and, you know, they, it did this, you know, in and outs, but, you know, we've spent a lot of time on snow together and so it's, it's pretty rad. Yeah. Like, like you said, 20 plus years and wasn't it like you, you've been either in or like had a, a part in a film almost every one of those years? Uh, yeah, every, every, since, since that film decade, which was the, that second year after being hurt of knowing the film yeah. company, I, until this last season filmed apart every year. So 21 seasons. We've talked 21 about parts. That's, that's pretty amazing. Incredible sort of athletic longevity. Yeah. I was just about to say they usually well, like, thanks. this seems like this would not be a, there would be no longevity in snowboarding, but. I think yeah. this is the kind of the answer or the antithesis of and what I was, people would assume. I was just going to say too, what, which is really interesting about that story and like how the kind of first, I would say like intro to filming, like legit, you, you were suffering from an injury. So it was like, there was this hurdle, right? Right. This, this cost of entry that at that point you couldn't make it, you, you couldn't come up with those funds. And it seems like in, that's super common throughout a lot of these stories that either we, we, we talk about here is that that initial, that initial buy-in is really fucking steep. <laughs> and that's one of the things that kind of propels a lot of us is like, ah, man, I was, I, uh, I was almost there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have the capability and then that just fuels you, right? Sure. That just fuels you, which is, <laughs> is really cool to see. That's really, but I, you know, thinking about that, that, you know, 20 years, 21 years of sort of consistently being in front of the camera. It's not just the athletic longevity because you're not doing the same thing. I mean, that, that oh, basically a, right. emphasizes this really, you know, a long-term arc of growth um, and development as a snowboarder, not just athletically, but like, but the, the creative piece of it to sure. continually imagining things that will, and not, not because they'll be on the forefront of something, but it, they just happen to be new because you're, you're, you are at the forefront of it in a way. Um, and, and 
the the and part of that also I I think would have to do with a a certain sense of style because there are <laughs> let, let's let's just say you put two you know snowboarders side by side equally capable of doing this trick that trick this type of descent or whatever and one has um, style and attitude and a certain flair and the other one doesn't and yeah. sorry the there's a huge difference in oh. where those careers go for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember seeing something written on a sword that said, uh, style matters. Style matters. <laughs> yeah. That was cut into that sword style with matters. a plasma cutter. Yeah. 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 It plasma does. cutters are cool by the way. It does. Does that weigh like 70 pounds, that thing? Yeah. There was, there was like pull the sword from the table with one hand and keep it from hitting the ground was like a challenge. You know, when there was a bunch of little guys in the gym and some big dudes came and they're like, yeah, take that. And I'm like, ah, shit, they just ruined our challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they did it without style. Without yeah, well, style. That's the worst. <laughs> I, I, all this speak of, uh, of style and all, all I can imagine is you have one video out there somewhere where you're like jacked and orange yeah. like, <laughs> and not doing very good Luck, tricks. <laughs> luckily, that was the year I missed. It's the jacked gym. The jacked orange yeah. Can you imagine out of the two of you, there'd be like, is he the jacked orange one? Like, yeah, that's yeah, the one we're talking about. <laughs> if, if that trainer got her way. <laughs> oh, that pissed me. I'm still but, pissed about that. But, but the thing, but it's hard to be pissed in a way because you, because, you know, you didn't know, no. so you couldn't steer it. I right. mean, you place your trust in someone. Totally. And, and that's then, what it was. And then without realizing that, they also didn't, that she yeah. also didn't know. Right. Like, okay, you're an expert in this thing and I can't question this or, or contribute any of my own ideas to yeah. this because I'm not at that point yet. Mm -hmm. not, you know, my physical language isn't as diverse as it will be in five years, 10 years, whatever. Um, and you go and you just, we just accept in, in a sense, somebody's expertise, especially if we're entering into some kind of domain that's outside of our uh, uh, what we're accustomed to and where we've become expert. I'm like, oh, I place my trust in yeah. this person. And, and, and it, there was probably some pretty good feedback of, you know, positive feedback during the process of getting stronger and without ever realizing at that point that there, that, that there has to be this conversion period, right? <laughs> like you're doing, okay. Because we, I, I think a lot of people will go into the gym and train and get like, oh, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to do this and this. And, think that there will be some automatic transference to the, the sport that they're doing or whatever they're, you know, training to actually do. And for certain, and for sure, that would be more common 10 years ago, 15 mm -hmm. years ago, where there yeah. wasn't this idea of transferability of, of, of artificially trained, you know, uh, characteristics. Mm -hmm. Um, because now I think there's just, there's just, a, there's a lot, um, more awareness of the, of the, the essential tie in. Um, of, okay, if I, I need to, to, to do, I, I will earn this strength here, but I will continue to uh, try to practice it within the sport I mean, to, to make the, or, or to do things that are, um, that are similar enough. Uh, and that doesn't mean like, you know, doing a Turkish get up, wearing a snowboard in the gym or right. some bullshit like right. that, but, but do things that are similar enough to the sport that the new that, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next session, bring in 30 inch box in. jump, wearing a snowboard. Yeah. Wearing a snowboard. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's like, I'm sure we could trick someone in, in your that, gear too. Yeah. Let's just keep it. You know, yeah. Keep it super keep it real. right. Keep yeah. it. Yeah. And <laughs> we're going to keep it functional today. Yeah. Sure, I mean, 
Yeah. Bring your gear. Bring your no. gear. You're, you're <laughs> right, Goggles though, Mark. <laughs> I think you're, you know, you're spot on with that because it was, and that's something that's evolved, right? Like, oh, yeah. And I think you guys have been, you know, one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons that I look up to this establishment and the way you guys run it is because that's, you know, it, it's, it seems to be allowing people to adapt the fitness to their to their activity, you know, whatever it is, wh- whether it's recreational or whether it's work related, work related yeah. or professional and, and at the highest level that exists, you know, and I, I, I had a, a, my mentor that that's takes care of my body for the last, since I was 18, he's, you know, he kind of always told me, he's like, cause there's, you know, there was the, what they called all the plyometric mm-hmm. stuff where you're doing all that balancing yeah. things. And, you know, it's obviously there's, you can find good in whatever works. Right. But he's like, why, why do you want to jump on the ball? And I was like, I don't know. Like it's fun. It's a trick. And he's like, yeah, but what's that doing for your snowboarding? All you're doing is getting good at jumping on the ball. <laughs> and, 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 once, it, and that has stuck like with a, me a forever. Sage. <laughs> and, and, and it's hard. And, and in the beginning you try and jump on the ball, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I mean, it's, it's one of those sort of party tricks that once you master it, there is, th- there's no progression to it. And you see yeah, people trying done. to progress. Oh, yeah. now I'm going to hold a weight and jump on the ball or now I'm going to, yeah. and, and, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I think in yeah, the research, I think in the research exactly. paper that I tried to identify transferability of plyometrics and BOSU balancing mm-hmm. in the, in the abstract, I think <laughs> if I remember correctly, the, the paragraph goes, it seems with our research and, you know, years of studying this, that, uh, training to balance on a ball is very good for balancing on a ball. Like that, <laughs> right. that was, it took like a decade to establish, like there is almost no transferability. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a good trick for ankle stability, yada, yada, yada. But in most cases, it's like your balance does not follow you over to other things. It's but very the, and, specific. And, and part of that is just that the forces, the external forces, gravitational forces, whatever, um, are, are completely dissimilar. I'm jumping on the ball, but there's just all there is, is my body weight and whatever extra that I can get from, yeah. you know, from, from the movement itself. But then when I'm trying to balance on a rail and I'm moving, the force is quadrupled or, you know, 10 times more than when I jump on the ball because I am actually moving. And so the way that I, and if I develop balance on the ball with just my body weight and no influence of movement or other sort of physical forces, there's no way it's going to transfer right. mm-hmm. to the situation where the the gravit I just have to say gravitational force or you know the, the, um, is ten times higher yeah. or or more. Did you yeah. ever play with a, a balance board or a deck and some some cans of of food or anything just to um, play with? On, like on I have that? mine. Like I, I I mean I was doing that in the first phase of this yeah where, this thing yeah. in my garage. I would but I just had my skateboard and it has concave. So it's already weird. Yeah. yeah. And then I would just do it on a four inch black pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's rolling this way and this way, but then I would hold the slosh pipe over oh, my head too. <laughs> but that's sort of, <laughs> and a, just sort of a rehabilitation type yeah, thing. And that, yeah. that was more just waking things up and, yeah. and kind of telling my brain that, you know, it's, you're going to do tricks again. And so if, let's, let's do some tricks here, yeah. you know? And, it's re- it wasn't it was that it wasn't about taking that to and, snowboarding and doing yeah. something amazing it was <laughs> right. just For sure. it was just that so there essentially is the applicability of those kinds of things jumping on the yeah. ball to using a wobble board or whatever i think it's yeah there's some neurological awakening mm-hmm. that's happening but it's not really gonna 
you know, you're not getting better at your sport from it. It's not even making yeah. you more sort of resilient or, you know, uh, adaptable it, it, within the sports. It's like, okay, this is what I have to do now because these neurological connections have been shut down for a little bit or, you know, or never were made, you know, yeah. in the first place because I'm brand new to snowboarding, for example. Or right. something. And maybe the, that's when those kind of things would, I, I would think, have a, um, some relevance. Um, or as Michael would like to say, revelance, 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 <laughs> revelatory. <laughs> it, um, but, but, but then, you know, once you didn't, once, you know, everything's communicating with everything else and it seems like, yeah, it seems like the there's sport, a lot of yeah. attraction to gimmicky stuff, which, which seems like it doesn't take, I don't, I don't see why going down the realm to, um, explain it as it's not useful because people doing anything they'll learn it on their own eventually like you learn fairly quickly the bodybuilding isn't very applicable to or isn't transferable to snowboarding um but it kind of i want to invert that idea of like what strength and conditioning and gym work has done for your sport and kind of bring up the fact that like the influence of what your sport has done for actually at least our practice is actually pretty profound. If I'm not sure how aware you are of it, but Mark remarked something with uh, uh, working with you and guys like you and skateboarding, snowboarding, and that's the idea or, or the, the importance of unbalance, like the idea that we develop skill to such a degree that we are so unbalanced, but that's what allows us to do, the thing that we do right and in one of what what strength and conditioning coaches are best known for is unraveling that like the 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 worst thing i could ever see is like a runner comes in um say you take like selena who comes in and uh she runs fairly quickly <laughs> like a gazelle and the first thing they want to do is like they notice what they can't do in this place and they want to fix that and they don't realize the harm that that causes. And I think what Mark remarked on first and taught us was the fact that, hey, like when snowboarders or skateboarders that are, you know, goofy footed or however you want to put it, when they jump, their lead leg jumps first because it's this ingrained neurological response. Don't fix that. Don't try to balance that out. Yeah. That, that is a skill that you need in order to maneuver a board like that. That is the action. And if you don't, if you try to heal that or make it symmetrical just so that you're pleased with symmetry, you could unravel an entire thing. You could mm. make this thing worse. And, and the That's first rule is do no harm. Mm. And I see it with runners all the time because runners um, historically and traditionally have completely tight Achilles and hips and hamstrings. And it's not a problem because that is the mechanics of running. Like the mechanics of, of running allow efficiency when things are like a, a tighter spring is more efficient than a loose spring. Yeah. But we have this idea in our head that like, oh, I got to make everybody generic and look like this. And I wanted mm -hmm. to point out like what a useful thing that was that I learned based off of what you were doing in the gym. Like you, you came in to learn some stuff and you did and it helped hopefully, but you might not have noticed that that impact has taught us probably more stuff than you realize. Yeah, no idea, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have, I'll, I'll send you that essay at some point. And I still I actually came across the pictures recently. There was a day um, at, at Jim Jones uh, and you and Seth were in, and it was having you guys do knee jumps. Mm, I remember. And and realizing, wow, the leading leg comes through first. It comes through first. It comes every single time. And I, and at, at that point, I was studying a bunch of Paul Check's material. Huh. And, and his 
the whole thing, working with an entirely different client base was to sort of balance out these kind of asymmetries. And I just looked at it and I said, well, no, this is, this is the hallmark of having done the sport for 20 years. This is, this is a thing that's, that's sort of necessary. And there was something that I noticed um, uh, a couple of years earlier with Steve House and the way that he would do pull-ups um, to, and, and they were not symmetrical. But when you're climbing, it's you're not pulling in a symmetrical way. So that transferred to his plan. I was just like, well, I'm not going to try and fix that yeah. because he's at the top of the game. And it's already working. It's already yeah, working. Yeah. And you and Seth are And then it's like, okay, maybe at some point down the road, um, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, you decide, ah, I'm not going to participate at a really high level. I'm noticing that some of the imbalances created by my sport are not so helpful other in, places at other yeah, places sure. or you know in my life 24 mm-hmm. 7 i might want to address that then but certainly do not fi- like first do no wrong like yeah. mm-hmm. guys are at the top of the game uh let's just <laughs> figure out how to um keep you there as opposed to like sure. putting my ego into it and saying i can fix that imbalance that's <laughs> that's cool i didn't know you were watching it like that because that and, and that explains a lot because i got into mountain biking like five years ago and i ride my mountain bike so crooked yeah <laughs> you know and i and i don't and, try to change it you know my I, my lead foot's my front foot forward yep. and i have it oh sh- man have I'm, you ever tried I'm that shifted like, you know to, yeah I, I do that just to mess with it but it's like <laughs> you just feel i, I feel like weird if i if if i'm going downhill and i put my right foot forward on the you know on the pedal oh. i feel like i just regressed two years yeah <laughs> like i just feel like okay i'm i'm uh, I need to stop this now. Yeah. <laughs> like I get really nervous no, because I'm not in this position that developed hmm. where I felt comfortable. The comfort, comfort zone, right? That's, that's pretty interesting that yeah. it transferred to the bike. Yeah, it's cool. Like I'll watch video and I'm like, why am I so crooked? Why am I shifted? You know, and, and that's what it is. It's just, you're just, that's what you're right. You're using your strength, yeah. you know? And so you, you, your body moves to the position that it can, you know, apply the strength to the, but I also think thing, it's, it's putting you in the position that you are accustomed to seeing the world coming at you. That exactly. Like, okay, yes. you're slightly turned sideways and you're looking over one shoulder and that's how shit arrives. That's yeah. for the last 30 years. That's how everything has come at you. Get on a bike where I'm supposed to face this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you feel weird. super vulnerable. Yeah. So I go back to that position of that, that feels somewhat protected. But, and I think it all has to do with, with vision in mm-hmm. a way. Um, just because there's a, there's a, you develop this, um, I mean, when I, back in the mid eighties, when I first started paragliding, um, I realized like everything that, that I did up to that point, um, was, I had a motorcycle and on the motorcycle, you're like, you know, little Japanese sport bike. So you're like, okay, I'm going really fast, but I'm like crouched down into this little ball. Mm. And when I'm climbing, I'm never like fully exposed or whatever mm. and and skiing you know that you're everything's fairly tight and then with the paraglider you're supposed to put your hands over your head lead with your face and run downhill <laughs> like terrifying terrifying <laughs> utterly fucking terrifying yeah oh, when you and put it, it like that you know, yeah <laughs> like and then and then suddenly you're in the air and and you still have to be in this position mm. uh, um yeah, and, i mean it was not uh, interested like <laughs> The psychology of it for me was almost insurmountable. Right. Um, because everything else had been closed. You get in a fight, you know, you're never like, hi, you know, like hands up, you know, here like, go. I'm here. I, you, you, you just scored dope. a touchdown. You're open, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so all of those things, those sort of fear inspiring kind of things, your body position, 
you know, you adapt to whatever body position that is in the way of seeing things and you try and change that and it's going to feel uncomfortable. That's really cool. I think you're spot on on that. Yeah. There's something to that fear mechanism. I imagine maybe you can relate it better than I can because I was terrible at skateboarding and snowboarding. Um, but <laughs> and pretty much everything that I do in general, but approaching something like approaching something fear based, there has to be a reaction where your body takes its like defensive position you're coming head on into a position where okay inches matter probably millimeters matter Mm -hmm. if you're in speed matter everything has to be lined up perfect the timing has to be perfect for everything whether you're fighting like you know paul could probably comment on that there's some great fighters that can switch back and forth they are very rare especially if they're balanced like you have like your your joneses who who are just like dynamic in whatever position they have that is probably the most rare attribute to a fighter that you could ever have usually just get really good with this right thing on my right side and i when you were explaining like you go left foot forward on the mountain bike i immediately went right foot forward because i'm a goofy footed yeah i'm always right foot forward right (laughs) (laughs) which is super strange and that there's something that has to do with that like how do we teach ourselves with years of fear induced learning <laughs> i mean i had this conversation uh my uh, buddy from britain greg may who's uh highly skilled and very experienced mountain biker and he had i think he had torn an achilles or torn his calf or something and so he had on on his mountain bike he had to change the position that he would normally descend in or or ride in so the because the the, the foot that's down and you know if your paddles are at six and twelve the foot that's down takes all the like that calf mm-hmm. muscle, that Achilles mm-hmm. tendon takes all the weight. And he said, I had to switch to the other one so I could unload the injured side. And he said, yeah, ultimately made me a better biker and, and a better rider. But during that period of learning, I just, again, regressed, you know, in my ability. Right. Because of that seemingly innocuous body position change. Yeah. You go well, well. What's the difference between your, you know, right foot down or left foot down? Because you're always pedaling, you know, you're you're going through that position anyway. Like every time oh, you every time you pedal. So what's the difference? And like, well, I'll back like, that I, up totally because I, I I did that last summer that same thing because my my, you know, broke both the legs and then the right one in rehab. I ended up getting on the bike. That's what I was able to do as yeah. long as it was on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't load my right leg ever and that's my lead leg and so i spent the summer pedaling trying to lead with my left and weight the left on my turns and and it was like it was it was a major digression Mm. you know in and just confidence more than anything because all of us i mean i i realize recognize that i'm hurt i'm not going to be able to do what i would like to do yeah but all of a sudden my mind's beat down a little bit because I'm like, I, I'm not even capable on this thing other than just moving these pedals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's frustrating. It's interesting that that, who did you say that was? The, the uh, Greg May. And, and he, he said after that, he felt like he was a better. Yeah. Once he, it was a digression, but, but once he, did, he, he overcame he dipped that. And then he and then, overcame and then came it. Back. And then, yeah. Yeah. See, I the didn't balance. overcome it. I That's what I was going to add in before I get some <laughs> fucking angry Instagram message about, look, oh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. And then I yeah. can feel them spit on the message. Um, <laughs> I should say so, that balance in anything is probably the, uh, ideal thing unless it takes away from the top end like and it depends on w- what yeah. 
what level we're performing at. Well, as that, well. that's what, yeah. Like yeah. I, I would look at it like uh, Johnny said something, Johnny at uh, Unified Jiu-Jitsu said something really funny the other day. Cause it was saying like, man, I can't do this on my left side. I'm an ambi turner. Like I only, I can only do this trick on my right. And he said, that's fine. Me too. He's lying. That guy is deadly yeah. from every position <laughs> on the planet. But he was saying like, I have right-handed tricks and I have left-handed tricks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you just, you just have this way about it. And I think that's how most experts have to find it. Because if you, if you watch, excuse me, somebody like him train, he's drilling one move. Like in the hour that we watched him 75 times, a hundred times, something like that. And this is, he's been on this one thing for, I've seen him for a week when he drills. It's just this one thing over and over and over again. Um, If, if that, if you have to split that thousand reps or whatever between the other side, how much better could you have pulled it off if you did a thousand reps on one side? So we're, we're essentially yeah. saying that the the imbalance can be a good thing if that spear is sharper and it's more accurate. But if you could do both a thousand sides, that's obviously optimal. It's just if he comes time, time. exactly right. time and and yeah. One of the things that and I, I can't remember reading that specific article, but I, I'm sure I picked it up from one of you two because most of what I learn in this world is came from both of you guys, but that whole protect the imbalance thing, especially at top level, like quote unquote performers. Um, and one of the things I just wrote down now was like, make sure you're utilizing the strength, which may be even a better signal or a, or a better way to think about things is like when we need those strengths, when we need to quote unquote perform, we need to know where we perform best and utilize that. And then when we talk about like durability and, and yeah, we don't want to necessarily, uh, correct the imbalances because they need, we need those, especially for functioning at top end, because that's what makes us function at that top end are those imbalances. But what, what are your guys' ideas as far as durability goes and the longevity of those, those imbalances? So something that you just mentioned really quick, I think needs to be clarified. It's impossible. We're talking about basically, um, transferring somebody who has you know 10 plus years of watching people in the gym move do stuff mm-hmm. into transferring those eyes to somebody to be able to detect what we're talking about yeah, yeah. And, and and that's one thing that you have to kind of bookend this with is like it depends is completely <laughs> totally. in parentheses right <laughs> it here depends. The, thanks joe the first yeah. thing <laughs> yeah, thanks joe <laughs> the first thing is that most people approach uh, mobility in, or like balancing as a mobility drill and they approach mobility like a flexibility drill. And those are two totally different things. Mm. When I talk about uh, people uh, staying imbalanced for performance, that doesn't mean you can't address problems that are behind or you can't take imbalances yeah. out that are causing problems like Mark kind of alluded to. Like if somebody has a weak lower back and that's an imbalance, fix that thing mm-hmm. because that that's the pin like that that's the straw whatever the metaphor you want to use so it, it i think you have to a define these terms correctly and define what you're trying to do mm-hmm. in most cases like getting your left leg to c- catch up in a jump with your right leg you first you have to describe what that does yeah how What's, would that what make? is the benefit yeah. yeah and in a runner that is uh perpetually tight everywhere uh, unwinding that spring has never done anything good. No mm. matter how stupid their squat looks, turn them into an ultra marathoner right away. What you do, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a. I can a make. I can quad, make a miler right? an ultra marathoner with <laughs> yoga. With my. With, with my, yeah, I was going to say with my mobility yeah. technique. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is funny because I, it, this comes up all the time, and I I try to I try to 
share this with as many people as possible and the idea of like what is behind mobility and it doesn't mean you get out a dildo looking foam roller and like spend an hour on it that that's <laughs> that's not what i'm talking about when i talk about mobility uh but most people confuse it. They say, oh, I do yoga and it gives me great mobility. And it's like, that's passive flexibility. Yeah. All you're teaching is the muscle belly to extend and get long, like to relax essentially. But mobility is changing the neurological signal or the firing pattern that the muscle has. And that has to do more with connective tissue and muscle belly than it does just with relaxing. So mm -hmm. we're, as opposed to what I define mobility is, is having strength through range of motion and flexibility is just purely range of motion. Yeah. Uh, strength usually is exerted most by limiting range of motion, which is why power lifters are fairly tight. They barely go below parallel in their squat because you don't get brownie points for going farther than that. Yeah. Therefore, if I can limit the amount that I move this big heavy weight, that makes I can lift more weight. And runners, it's the same thing. If I can make that coil uh, tighter and more reactive to ground pressures, the, the reaction time from the foot hitting the ground, the uh, cadence... Um, can decrease, therefore the the spread uh, can increase, therefore become more efficient. It, uh, this stuff applies just basic biomechanics. Mm. Um, but I, but I think it's it's worth noting that flexibility is a brain issue, and th this is really yeah. strange for most people to understand. Is like, hey, like, like oh, I, I just right? can't. My my hamstring <laughs> is too tight. It's short. Like I can't mm. touch my toes. And you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. It feels that way. But you have the same hamstring as everybody else. You have the same muscle that you were born with. And to prove this, like, if you, we anesthetized you, yeah. we would flop you around like a dead fish and you'd be able to touch your nose to your knee and be just as flexible as ever yeah. because you're turning off the central nervous system in that range. And once that goes, the neurological response to protecting the whatever you set yourself up for. If I'm a runner, I sent the signal to tighten, 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 tighten for efficiency or if I sit at a fucking desk all day, tighten those shoulders so they can hover over the keyboard and they're really close to that ding dong that I want to eat or whatever the thing is, that that's the efficiency. <laughs> that sounds like really God's bad. sake, don't put the ding dong outside of your range of motion. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't reach it. Like, Inefficient, certainly. So the, I need to work oh, on yeah. my weakness. Th this, oh, like, clearly. conscientiously understanding this in the first place, that, that most of these are... Uh, central nervous system problems this is like our brain a holy shit surprise the brain is in control of all this stuff mm -hmm. subconsciously or otherwise and you have to rewrite that in very intelligent ways just rolling somebody's ankles with a foam roller can start that signal by numbing it or doing whatever the fuck it does but you have to you have to you know proceed effectively in other depending on the situation i think that that's worth noting because i don't For think sure. yeah. a lot of people notice that I have, I have, okay, oh. tangent. I was just about <laughs> yeah. to say, it, thank God we established some left and right limits to the <laughs> conversation because uh, I was watching this video recently <laughs> to try and steer us back because I honestly, I want to know where t like some of the stuff and, and was, the, was the Twin Cities visit in 2012? We did no. tw Twin Cities like 15 years in a row. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I, I, so which one? I have no, I, it, it, I, I don't know then. Um, it, but it was, it was for, for me, it was like one of the very first times when I finally understood what you do. Right. 
uh, I mean, cause, cause I'm thinking though, yeah, I'm skiing up, you know, ski touring up Grizzly Gulch or whatever. And I see this gigantic ramp, right. uh, you know, across this, <laughs> this enormous gap. And I think, I wonder, I th- maybe that's what those guys do. <laughs> like, uh, you know, or, and, and then every now and then you'd send a couple of pictures and there would appear to be a cliff and then a person in the air with a snowboard attached and I'm like, okay, that's what happens. But then I happen. And, and for me, uh, that stuff was a revelation in terms of my relationship with snowboarding because um, when I was living in France, I worked in a bunch of uh, action movies and we had two really good snowboarders, guys who were at the top of the game at their time, um, Christophe Cretan and Eric Billin. And they had, you know, that their deal was, you know, extreme snowboard descents mm-hmm. and, 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 um, to w- and, and, and they would do these things in tandem with each other. So to watch the two of them snowboard <laughs> the north face of the Aiguille de Midi, like basically, you know, Christophe would always be like, you know, one set of turns behind. So they'd mm-hmm. be, you know, they, um, so he would be mirroring what Eric was doing just, you know, 15, 20, 30 feet, whatever up the, no, no not, not like I'll a figure say. eight kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it was, it was almost okay. a, you know, they're, they're, they're following the same line. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they would do this in these incredible, you know, the Jervis city couloir, the North face, of the Midi, the North face, of the Aguilar d'Argentière. I mean, we filmed them on all those, um, th- those descents, but that was at a time. And I want to say, so they're. Um, fuck. Uh, Nidecker was the big snowboard sponsor right. at the time. Yeah. Um, and they were both riding Reikley hardshell boots. And, and, and that was my experience. That's what I thought because every, you know, that's what we were filming. That's what those guys were about. And they come, you know, they're, you know, fully certified, uh, mountain guides. They came from alpinism. And so they basically were doing, you know, this, the equivalent of snowboard mountaineering in a sense. And, um, and and the fastest I think I've ever seen somebody go on a sliding thing was a day we were chasing Eric in the helicopter and he's just fucking tucking down the Glacier Grand um, above Triant and I think we were going 120 k in the helicopter to keep oh, up with him. Nice. They're I mean, and he's just fucking book. rocking. I mean, it's am- absolutely amazing. And. So that get would, speed wobbles. He probably had pit vipers. Get the speed on. Speed yeah, for sure he had pit vipers on. Right? If, they, if they had, if they, or whatever the 1992 equivalent was. Right. Pit <laughs> the, vipers. No matter what, it's pit vipers. They went the back inspiration. In yeah. Yeah. For pit vipers. But, but so so that was my exposure to snowboarding at the time, and then to and then to to realize that 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 there was a skate slash street piece to it, um, was a a pretty new revelation. A lot of it came from watching the social media feed about um, the other thing that sticks out in my head, you know, it's just about the development of the spot, but the, but the, um, I, I don't, what do you call it? the thing? I had a I had a, like a loop in my Hot Wheels track when I was a kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. so to see that thing and to watch the <laughs> trial and error of doing the full loop <laughs> on this apparatus that you guys created, right? Like, okay, that's, this is something I don't quite recognize and I want to, and so I found the, 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 one of the twin cities videos and I didn't, yeah. I would have to say it was, would have been relative. I think it was 2012, but I, but I did. Okay. Any, anyway, thinking. you went 15 years in a row. It doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but some of the tricks were utterly shocking. 
Well, thanks. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's good. I mean, yeah. so so one of them it means I was it, doing my job. I guess. You're doing your job, yeah. And and so one of the things I could maybe I identify because one of the things happened inside a parking what appeared to be a parking structure. Um. Yep. Like We've done in, that a few times. Okay. Yeah. Um. Trying to think. 2012. What what year that would have been? It, I'm going it, it through all that now, so I'm oh, kind of okay. tuned into it a little more than I because. My thing was I'd film my part, edit yeah. the thing, and then I wouldn't even look at it. Okay. I'd go to the premiere and then we would, you know, maybe see it there just to kind of feel out the crowd and the yeah. reactions and if we did a good job and then it was like, okay. And then for me, that was always like the end. And then yeah. right, right away it was like, hey, What's that? we have no footage now. <laughs> we used it all time to get started yeah. we used it all yeah and so it was you know that was always our thing and so it was always on to the next and now I, you know i was talking about it earlier I, I got i've been looking at this stuff over the last few weeks and it's i don't even remember you know doing some of it i can't even put myself in i don't have a story with that trick i don't have and that that's only a few i remember most of the stuff but it's interesting you know to and so a lot of this the stuff or, or something maybe that you posted today was like off the lip, the bottom of the splat. board, yeah, the yeah, wall yeah. splat, and then yeah. back down. And it's like, okay, that looks like it came from BMX more than from skate. Yeah. For that, some reason, but maybe that's just because I've the had stall the, the, the walls yeah, the wall, video. I started my, doing those walls pretty early. That I was kind okay. of one of the first ones to bring the wall into it. And so I really liked it. And that, yeah. that was just my evolution of, just getting off of the the rail doing the yeah. tech trick because you know you brought up fear earlier and that's that's always more and more I'm realizing that that was as much as I don't like being scared that was my driving force really you know yeah. it was the the down rails just didn't scare me anymore it was just <laughs> a beat down you know I'd go to the down rail and our our tricks would be way more technical but it's like a three hour beat down. Maybe you get the trick, maybe you don't. And it's not like a, you know, it's not a, a die or don't thing. It's just a, do you have it in you to take the beating until you get the it's trick? Until you get the trick. Yeah. yeah. And which was great, you know, and I still love that. I'll, I'll do that on the big stuff even too, because once the, the tricks in the mind, it's, you're getting the trick yeah somehow <laughs> well to it you know maybe it, not or today, you're dying yeah. <laughs> yeah. or getting hurt but that's that's what became my drive was just that you know that's how i got into the walls because it's like that that looks scary to fly from here at you know at a winch speed of 48 miles an hour and then hit a wall and go the other way so the winch the like the, the video that i saw it, it, it you're landing in the Twin Cities. You're looking at your phone. You're seeing it's like minus 12 degrees outside or whatever it is. Okay, you you're, go you're to bringing a, it. Keep talking. You, you, you'll rem, you'll yeah. remind me so what it is. You drive to what appears to be a storage area with a roll-up steel door, and you pull out okay, our what, storage unit. Yeah. Okay, there's a storage unit yeah. somewhere, um, <laughs> and you pull out this device, and that could be like a snowblower, or it could be this. Yeah, this it was source the of, winch. Oh, yeah. that was the winch. That was okay. the winch. on the car. Yeah. And yeah. so I know what you're talking about now. Here's a Burton presents one. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it was a double feature. There was like half the video was. Yep. Somebody else, yeah. and half the video was um, your piece. But so this winch appears to be integral for gaining speed in the urban environment. Correct. And so you just you're you're basically setting up a rope tow in in, mm. in, a, in a way to get the speed to launch the trick. And is that 
there's someone on the throttle. Like, yeah, you have a, a guy it, on a throttle, and it's a, that thing's terrifying to be behind. <laughs> oh, when you're, when know, you're in the cockpit God. of that winch, and the yeah. learning years of that, well, not even the learning year of that winch, <laughs> uh-huh. that was terrifying. Like, we were in full-face helmets running that thing. Oh, if you were the guy in the cockpit, it was like full-face helmet on, behind a shovel, <laughs> and you ran that thing. Cause the, <laughs> because, you know, because they start, we, we got the winch idea from wakeboarding yeah they started yeah. you know doing those winch parks and stuff yeah. and so we're like we could and just we, getting pulled if we could get speed then, anywhere yeah then everything then we can do anything yeah and so we we got one of those winches or we actually talked to our friend and he made us one because he's just a geek like that he wants to do it so he made us the sickest winch <laughs> put a go-kart clutch in it and the thing GPS oh, tested and he's like it goes 48 you think that's fast enough and I'm like I'm pretty sure, sure. 48 will get us any anywhere we need to go and so that thing just you know it opened up everything but so you're holding was, on to a steel cable so was it a rope? well it's a, it's adapted now and it's okay. it's pretty clean now but the first years it was like <laughs> the single hand slalom rope from uh, a boat yeah. yeah and so that was the small one but the problem with it is if the operator didn't hit the brake soon enough Ugh. that that handle rips into the wheel oh, and you yeah. have like a guide system yeah. feeding the rope right so the rope breaks handle flies and you don't know who it's hitting or when at whatever speed <laughs> yeah and if they let go early and you hit the brake maybe the handle bounces off the snow mm. and then just and that's uh, the and that's hence the full face helmet the and the full, shovel in exactly. front of your face yeah, because that handle is going to so we just Mm -hmm. we lopped the handle and then started taking the rope and then we would sort of do a zeppelin knot and step up the rope to a little bigger rope Mm -hmm. so the the rope could suck through okay but you could get a good you You could could still get a kind of tuck the knot in your pinky and get a good get a good hold that's awesome you know it it all it all evolved over it was terrifying for a while plus i imagine the learning curve and i didn't have much experience snowboarding um but uh, i had a little bit of experience snowboarding and then wakeboarding and just the just getting towed is a completely different it is feeling and and trying to overcome that opposed to just like hitting something on a downhill slope. Yeah, right. so you're describing hurdle. just the, I didn't even fathom the danger. I, I imagine you towed in from a car every once in a while, which would be like the, the that every, yeah, that was pre winch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was just as dicey cars <laughs> into walls. You're going, and, in yeah, a, you're, you're going into a wall at 48 miles an hour. Like, yeah, there's a ramp there. Maybe. Yeah. It slows, <laughs> it slows you down. We've, we, and that, and that's how the name happened because, okay. you know, it became wall splat. That's yeah. what, that's what we started calling them because you just, if and you didn't hit it right, it was a splat. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you don't get back to the descent ramp that you've built. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, right. You drop in a heap. Uh, Stuff like that. Like on the technical, like I met, like I saw that video as well. The wall splat one. What what is the um, like the mock up? You have this idea. You scout this the place. You identify. Okay, we have to use the winch. Time to completion or getting it. What what does it normally look like? Like you can get it on a first or second run, or is it guaranteed? You got to go deep. Um, not guaranteed. You have to go deep, but definitely expect to go deep. Mm. Okay. So you get for me anyway. Mm. Like like JP. He he would he'll go deep and very capable to go deep, but that dude just 
would get his crap get the trick so right fast pretty quick yeah he was wow. just he was just that guy you know and but he spent a lot of time he did it different than me mine was like learn it by doing it mm. and he would mm. just sit and marinate all of these things in his mind for months and then he's just like okay i got it and then he would do it <laughs> no so pretty so close. purely from using visu- visualization type of rehearsal he could then apply that in three dimensions with all the physical forces at play i mean very well yes damn that was always Ooh. some i mean that it always that always impressed me about him yeah. you know over the years and and that but you need more sort of like the physical feedback yeah i just like, i needed the beat down i needed to know what it felt like to hit the ground and then i was like okay i got a good read of that i uh, don't want that to happen again <laughs> yeah you know and so and like like we said earlier i i, I would build my i always build my left and right it's like you know and and then that was too slow i didn't even make it to the thing that also sucked so i think we've got a good very you know a good Mm -hmm. parameter work inside now and so i worked that way really well and and jp would too you know but overall his his approach was way more uh mental yeah cerebral yeah that's a good word for it and he you know but he would watch too he'd just sit and watch watch me get beat yeah (laughs) and he'd just be like okay and learn from it yeah and that was and i would learn from him i would sit and watch him shut down in the hotel room and i could tell he was just thinking yeah you know he's just going through this thing and and it was it was cool it was cool that's a a pretty cool difference especially the the fact that you both you know came from very similar background came up together in a way and his approach was I would say that different, you know, whatever that distance between different, you know, one and the other is, um, but end up at the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we, we got here by way of you're the crash test dummy and he's all fucking levitating in the hotel room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, he, he, he always gets pissed when I bring this up, <laughs> yeah. but it is the <laughs> truth. <laughs> okay. He's Perfect. like, I take beatings too. And he does. Sure. He, you know, he's had his fair share of injuries and yeah. I've seen him take beatings for hours and hours. So, you know, he, he certainly puts it in, but it was, it was cool. It's a cool, cool contrast. I think it worked for both of us. Yeah. Know, clearly. What do you think mm-hmm. about the idea? Cause, like the, the behind the scenes, I have the hardest time watching like fail videos of snowboarding. Cause I or, think it, or skateboarding or any, yeah, yeah. anything, anything uh, that's like the, like, Oh God, I don't want to watch the work that went in. Cause you know, hmm. I mean, you have to know that this did not, they didn't just show up and be like, try this. I kind of like it. I like watching that. Well, yeah. what a, uh, I well you're phases. a freak cause you, you, you do this every no, day. I, I think because I respect, like I oh, respect okay. like that, like to see. I, I like the end result yeah. by all means. Like I think it's it's fucking awesome to watch, but I like to see the beatings to know, and it makes me appreciate that end result even more. Oh, it does. Uh, I that, mean, I I respect it for sure. I just just cr- hard to watch. It hurts it's a my knees. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts oh, like yeah, yeah. everything in me. I just like get this sensation. Yeah. And, but and I have especially to say, the way that like the fail videos are sort of cut together. Right. It just looks like time after time after time. You're just like getting. You're doing the wall splat. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. That's why I can't watch it. Just just <laughs> because of the editing. It's like okay, no, there was a there was a yeah in between this hit and this one. There was um, a couple of days in the hospital and then <laughs> right. some recovery or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it didn't just happen like, yeah. oh yeah, he just, 
but but there's something to the illusion which I'm kind of enamored with like this idea and I think there was even like obviously fairly uh, you might have had some that flight um, video was that a different was that the, the other Jeremy yeah that was flight's you? the other guy flight's the other guy yeah there, there was Damn, there's, you might have even had something saw to do it on with Netflix it, yeah. it wasn't me. okay <laughs> I can't no I think <laughs> we'll I just, actually, we'll just put that out and then <laughs> sort of well, more of a YouTube I'm yeah. kind of enamored yeah. with the idea like that you guys have a narrative going on whether whether it's like you know, yeah, you guys are doing tricks, but there's this idea of human ability that you sell to people and, and you really do kind of mask like the downside of it. Like for sure, your guys' CGI mm. is basically not showing all of the fucking wrecks and hospital right. visits. Maybe that becomes part of the story to make it more relatable. And maybe that's a different style, but I got this air from watching flight of and like, how many fucking times do they do that? Like how many, how many takes? What is the thing? And, and when they're dropping off those huge cliffs, sometimes there's no tracks. You're like, no, that was the first time. That was the first one. Yeah. And you're like, that's insane. But with these tricks, it's the same thing. Like maybe I've always wondered like, God, that's like, they're selling me the story of a beautiful human capability. Like this is what humans can do. They can literally fly through the air and do shit. And you want to believe that humans can do that. So that would be the attraction is like mm-hmm. selling the story. Like, look what I can do. Don't mind the the broken legs. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think about that when you're going to make or, or when you're putting together uh, a narrative for whatever video you're doing? Yeah. I mean, I've always been the dramatic type on that end. You know, I like, I like to show mm-hmm. a little bit of what it took. I think it has a, I think it makes it's a heftier impact to me and that's why I finally do it yeah and I don't want to see too much of it but Mm -hmm. like just you know there's often one bail that will sort of tell the story of Mm -hmm. how hard it was Mm -hmm. and so I like to see that or even just you know something of a mental game like if it's a slower edit or something where you're seeing you know somebody process Mm -hmm. something I like to see that and but yeah I mean we go we go through it and it's you know, there's, there's certainly smoke and mirrors like anything, you know, you're selling something like we're trying to, trying to make this product look as awesome as it can look. And, but you know, bales are pretty awesome. Like they, they look pretty awesome. Whether you can stomach them all the time or not, like it puts things in perspective. And when you can see all these makes and then even one bale where some guy just pinwheels violently, like you're, that's the thing that you see and you're like, Oh, they it, didn't just do this yeah, yeah, right. It actually away. gives a lot more weight yeah. to the successful execution. It shows the actual risk. In a way, like yeah. I, I, I um, sometime within, I don't know, a month ago or six weeks ago, I watched the uh, the Danny Way video, um, the, the Great Wall <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, he's just, a beast. Like that, I mean, you can take a lot of punishment. And so totally. like, obviously there's the X Games thing where he just fucking hits the top edge of the ramp yeah. and, then, like, and then goes basically in for halftime in the locker room and and then comes back out and does it like oh okay that is extraordinary Mm -hmm. to come back from sort of that thing but then also on the great wall deal it's like well fuck like okay i i blew it like i I missed it the first time and i'm kind of fucked up spoiler but turns (laughs) turns out that 
a whole bunch of people invested a whole lot of time and energy in building this fucking ramp. And this is like the one day that we can do this. And no matter how fucked up I am right now, I need to go back and try this. Yeah. And that to me was just an, ex- like, I okay, f- flying through the air on a skateboard and going across the wall and landing on the ramp or whatever. That's, it's, 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 it's beautiful. But to me, it was just the extraordinary psychological journey For sure. from impact to like towing the line again and dropping off that whatever 115 foot ramp they built in order to get enough speed to, to, to launch it. And I, okay. That, that to me is the message there of, yeah. of, of the sort of psychological resilience that, that develops from the activity because of how many of the fails there are versus the, fewer number of successes yeah, in a yeah. way. Cause yeah. I, I would expect that, you know, okay, you've done, you, you imagine the, the trick in this particular environment and you practice and practice and practice and you, in a bunch of fails, but by the time you get it, you're not doing it that much. Like, no, <laughs> like you, you get it and, and, and that's and, it. And that's it. Like yeah, I don't yeah. need to Nailed go back it, yeah, because almost next every trick. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in, in terms of filming. Yeah. Yeah. When you're filming and you're pushing it to that level, it's, you know, when, when a photo guy or a film guy misses the shot or wants a different angle oh, and you God. just nailed it, you're kind of, it. So like, we, you know what? We're sorry, running guys, with the crappy angle because I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Like we, j- I'm just not. This, that when Selena and I were watching the Danny Way thing and I was just like, okay, if you were the cameraman on this, oh, the fucking responsibility. Oh, I'm just like, I need 15 cameras. Yeah. <laughs> I need 27 sets of batteries. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I need whatever. Cause I can't miss this. Like this mm. is, there is no latitude for error from, you know, on the part of the camera guy. And, 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 and that also like you think about, okay, we're making these videos and we're doing these incredible, you know, we're, 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 doing these tricks in this environment and there's a lot of fails and there's you know, the potential for injury is pretty high that well the camera is another player but the, the camera operator the level of responsibility that guy has is huge huge i like i just for like sure. okay man that I was a great yeah. run danny but uh i had an annual focus it. and i really <laughs> fucked that up yeah. can you do that again Please. i know that so th- so there's this story of of showing people what people are capable of which i'm sure you're very aware of sure <laughs> But there's also this other thing that I, this is the theme kind of from the very beginning when I was trying to kind of download what your uh, feelings of the career were. And this is something that I think is should be showed because often the people that we're attracted to talking to about whatever it is that they do, um, they're, yeah, they're, they're rebels or iconoclasts or whatever the, you want to call them, but they're all very masterful at handling uncertainty or they even thrive in uncertainty. And I think that is, if I could take a difference given whatever your talent and hard work and ethic is, a big difference that I see here is that you deal with uncertainty very, very well. Whether that's, um, you know, whether we're gonna be able to break into this place, set up a ramp, flash the lights and do this trick, or whether it's the uncertainty of like, my life as a pro snowboarder is hinged on whether I can do a trick or not. Like there is this meta analysis of your life that seems like you've, I wouldn't say master uncertainty because that's the opposite of what it is that you've danced with it and juggled it and been able to not drop it all over the place and fall on your face. And that that's something that I would really respect from anybody in an industry that isn't 
I mean, that's what our parents try to steer us away from. They're like, exactly. get a job at the post office, yeah. pay your taxes, do this. And then you take this like right angle and you're like, no, I'm going to strap this board to my feet and I'm going to make it work. I don't know how. Like a sponsorship is involved, money is involved somewhere because everybody needs that. What what's what are your thoughts on like how you've dealt with an uncertain relationship to whatever it is you do? Um, I I think that's what I like about it. You know, I I I like uncertain situation. I feel like I perform better in that. Be, like when I when I'm you know, and I don't know if it was school that did that to me or what, but when I'm, when I'm being watched for a test, not a good situation at all. And like, so I can be training for, you know, a, be a firefighter and to save someone's life. And like, that's our thing. We gotta, you gotta save this dude today, but it's fake. Go. Yeah. yeah. And to me, it's like buckled, like, I already know what's going on. I know what we're doing. The uncertainty is not really there. Right. The only uncertainty there is gives me anxiety because it's that people are watching and they're literally judging it and giving me a grade at that time, you know? And that that's something I just never dealt with well. And so the uncertainty was the contrast of that for me. It was just you know, going into a place and navigating, you know, the cops driving by and how we, how we do that and navigate when the lights come on and do the research on, you know, when the security is doing the rotations and all of that stuff. You'd be very proud. I got arrested on one of my last year's skateboarding from, we climbed up on this uh, roof at a park that was shaped like a half pipe and we were trying to roll. It was way too soft to like do anything. And the cop rolled up right when we were like getting ready. And we like crunched down because we didn't think he saw us. And we we're like, no, he's waiting there. You. He's just waiting for us. Well, we got down and we're like, <laughs> fuck, he sees us. So we yeah. got down. And he's like, he literally like was in his car and was like, saw us getting off of the roof and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We're like, nothing. No. And he, yeah, we were totally safe and then we totally blew it. He took oh, our skateboards, gave us, arrested us for trespassing or whatever. But mm-hmm. that was my <laughs> my one of three run-ins with skateboarding law enforcement. Right. Which is, which is funny because it did it did breed this like interest. Like I liked the danger of it. Uh, like I liked the whole like cops don't like us thing. Like mm-hmm. oh, I don't like them. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. For sure. The cat and mouse chase thing. Um, so good. Yeah. I, I, and obviously like uh, uncertainty is something that I deal with all the time because I keep, I have to ask that question all the time. Like, what am I going to do now? Now that I'm here and nobody is paying me to just be here and show up. Like I have to figure this out. Also, nobody's respecting not doing anything or there's no growth really for myself, at least in doing the safe thing. Like, Mm -hmm. and I, I know my, my mom hates me for this because she constantly just like probably hits her forehead on the ground when she sees me, like, I don't know, record podcasts for no apparent reason with no backing and no like no esteem to try to make this a profitable thing she's like well will the people listen to it what yeah yeah but that goes against our ethics and our integrity (laughs) right fuck you (laughs) it's this whole thing but i'm like i like that uncertainty about Mm -hmm. it like what if we what if we can do this without somebody actually supporting us what if there's enough interest in the subject and that uncertainty really drives me 
and we laugh about it often. And when I identify it in somebody, I have to like chuckle and be like, oh, that guy's a friend because we, those are powerful people to me. Like people being, having the ability to just be uncertain and smile. Like that is such a, you see it in military guys all the time. Like they're just like, there was no training for this. Right. And the guys that survive are the guys that can kind of shuck off anything bad that happens and have like this resilience to them. Uh, Maybe it's a stoicism of sorts, which is becoming in vogue these days. But ultimately, I think that that's something that's developed from a very young age. And maybe it starts with dissent. It starts with like, no, I'm not going to do the path because I watched my dad do the path and I don't want to end up like that. Like that's known. And if that's the thing that's safe and known, well, fuck that. Like what's the unknown look like? And then we, we keep going over. I mean, it came up today when we're talking about time traveling, like who the fuck would go backwards? Yeah. No kidding. Who? Like that's such a waste of fucking a DeLorean. Like I don't like that's a waste of a DeLorean. Yeah. A DeLorean. I want to go for like I just want I have no idea how this thing is gonna be in a hundred years. That's where I would go. I would I will like you show up but there's a mushroom clad, you're like, ah, I fucked up. But hey, that was the role of the But dice. wait but wait a second, is it the, the inference I think when people say that they want to go back, mm. they believe that they're coming back. <laughs> from there so if you got an opportunity to time travel but you're gonna stay once you get there now what's your answer Ooh, that's mm. it see, it still it doesn't change for me forward man always forward and maybe that's you know my youngness coming through but i also see it as like i i really cherish the uncertain things and i kind of want to see this whole fucking planet explode <laughs> at least that's my outlook hang so, around till yeah. it does I, I was gonna say so don't go too far into the future because yeah, yeah, yeah. it will I, have exploded i think we got a hundred years <laughs> right. or something. Yeah. species demise i don't know what it is it'd be cool to see us like adapt or evolve i'm using it in the real sense oh, just so you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and that's the thing we we put these words that we limit our use and then we end up using them two More times op- as much yeah, yeah because <laughs> because they're banned and now we have to say them right. and we're rebels we're so we're gonna <laughs> go, go against your we, own we rules. make yeah. the rules and then use them just we're different just like everybody else ah oh, shit i just fucking figured out what we did god damn it <laughs> we use the same words eventually but we just denounce their meaning and so, then use them i'd Part of this whole conversation, I mean, the, the <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> take two. Um, <laughs> we were talking a little earlier about style yeah. and an attitude about do- doing certain things. And um, the the style developed from skate and snowboard um, has carried over into another aspect of um, that, that seems to be fa- fairly important in your life. And I recall seeing a video at some point of uh, surfing a motorcycle down Big Cottonwood. Yeah. <laughs> a few times a, for a, sure. A few times for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and, and Marvel and just thinking like, okay, this is, okay, this is not surprising to like hop on the seat of the motorcycle and ride the motorcycle like a snowboard or a skateboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, the, there was a period there sort of when in the summer months when uh, or, or, or autumn or whatever it was when you're you know doing the preseason training at Jim Jones that so you'd show up and we'd know that you had arrived because of the 
timing <laughs> timing of the right. yeah <laughs> i get that perfect yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of how that bop 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 um oh right, of right. The, i got you yeah so the timing of the engine is what yeah, i was gonna yeah. get, gonna say but but uh, and, and this exposed me to again it's something that was totally new that was outside because my motorcycle experience was all sport bikes and um and and then to to, to realize like okay there's there is there's a depth that you can go in, you know, whatever, whatever you're into, you can go as deep as you want. And we, and I think we never truly know how deep the well possibly is, but it seems, you know, that, um, whatever is happening with, and, and I don't know if it's, if it's the, the, the right sort of nomenclature or whatever, but whatever is happening with the whole sort of bolts action thing is another is a part of your life which expresses a certain amount of you know it's it's stylistically the same in a, in a way as skateboarding and snowboarding it just has to do with motorcycles and a very specific aesthetic with those and uh, I, I mean I'm not going anywhere with a question here just to but just to say that okay I looked at that and and it wasn't surprising right in a way just because <laughs> of like the, the 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 style and sort of the and and I'd I'd say that maybe there's a bit of the outlaw nature of it in a way. Yeah, I mean it, it's easy first of all. Okay, way easier than you think. The surfing. Yeah, because oh. I mean the bike's <laughs> not going to fall, right? Yeah, like when it's going. When it's Gy- going, yeah, gyroscopic. Yeah. yeah, so that that concept, if you can trust it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And in a straight line, it's pretty easy. It's pretty, okay. I only rode motorcycles <laughs> that I was hanging on for dear life with, so. How yeah. that? <laughs> but They'll it, all it, kill you. Those yeah. usually faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. But but this, but it seems like that there was a, when, when I talk about the depth of it, it's not like, oh, I'm going to buy a stock ride. Mm. And right. know, there's been a, a, a lot of work that has gone into individualizing your motorcycle. For sure. And a couple of times when I walked out and I was like, wow, that's a, looks to be a steel seat with no padding on it. That's unusual. On a hardtail? <laughs> it was a hardtail, hard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and just Back the, injury is recovered. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Back's good. It gives me a massage <laughs> while I'm riding or something. But, but that and then just, just sort of watching that happen, especially in the, that, I, I don't know what, I would say like the 2000. 9 2010 2011 era when right. um the parts company i think that obviously that was someone someone else but it seemed to me to, to evolve out of okay well, there's there needs to be a parts manufacturer with a similar aesthetic to what we're trying to develop mm-hmm. how how did that thing like the whole idea of it i mean it's the same, same kind of thing like like the bolts thing you mean? yeah or the bolts thing or just the fact that or is it just like okay we're riding the you know we we because it it seemed to be like the similar thing, like a core group of guys yeah. who were into a very certain, a very specific style of of Harley, and and going on these fucking super cool road trips. Well, we just like, we I mean we just got into it, you know, kind okay. of kind like, of just I mean we all had everyone had sort of different backgrounds. The group, um, mine was my father. That was sort of what led me okay. into getting a bike in the mm-hmm. first place. And then when I could afford it, I got the bike. And then instantly, you know, we've always had. a a saying that we is customize everything. So everything you bring into your, you know, everything you acquire, 
tweak it. I thought this was you know um, look like my raise. Look, I got a sticker already. You know, it's like <laughs> the thing's got to be, it, you know, it's got to be yours. And yeah, so the cool. bike was no different. And then bolts. You know why we started that was more of just a, you know, it was an outlet to yeah. to put that stuff out there. And it was a blogs at the time. And and then we started paying more attention to kind of choppers and what motorcycles were doing in that world and their blog circulation was just like one dude would finish a bike and it'd just be a photo of the bike sitting there and then every blog would repost it you know someone so finished their bike look how rad this thing is and it was just these reposts of these bikes it doesn't run but it looks awesome and they just (laughs) they were just sitting there and we're like this is so stupid like let's ride these things. And I mean, we're not the first ones to ride them by any means. Everyone has done it, you know, tricks and everything, but we, what we were seeing just wasn't that rad to us. And so we just created a new outlet and I don't know that we started any of that, but like, or if it was just a timing in the motorcycle industry, because we didn't have a huge influence there locally for sure. Mm -hmm. Locally kids coming up now, like they, bolts has got them into motorcycles okay. bolts has got them into that scene and so it's pretty cool you know and it's not i mean that's such a side project that it's just yeah you know when you have money to do it you do it when you don't you sort of don't and you just <laughs> put around on the thing you know but yeah, i mean it's a it's a financial commitment to but it's also a, into that bike and sort of build it, you know. Well, there's there, there's that piece of it, but it's also a, I mean, in, in a sense, a, a, a time commitment or whatever. Like the 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 idea of like every now and then, you know, you throw something up and it's like, oh, this is from a road trip that we did, and you know, where we right. blasted nonstop to Long Beach to like, I don't know, do something and then rode back. And mostly, it's you know, who gives a. It doesn't matter what the what was happening at the destination necessarily. Yeah. It's the the ride. 15 hour totally sort yeah. of. and and to me i mean again coming from i mean i'd have always been sort of an endurance guy and and so <laughs> my motorcycle experience was not dissimilar to, yeah. to, to, to that i mean there was a period of time where um there was on a sport bike too yeah yeah, nice. yeah i mean one of <laughs> those one of those was uh calgary to seattle oh. give a slideshow go to sleep get back on the bike get back to calgary to, because i had to give another presentation the following night wow so nice. and then um uh when i finished working for wild things um i had a i had a sake an old yamaha sake of 550 at the time and um and, and so i was in north conway new hampshire and i and it was uh, tail end of winter, pretty cold. And I rode, my dad was living in state college, Pennsylvania. He was teaching at Penn state. So I got down to state college and like any good Alpine climber, I waited for the weather window cause I had to get back to Seattle and I had to get my bike back to Seattle. And so I sat and it was springtime. And so, and it, it turned out it, it was, um, I think it was April timeframe by the time I left, I think I waited in state college for three weeks <laughs> to get a forecast that was pretty good for most of the U S for the next four days. Because I thought that I could probably make it. And so Tuesday, t- on Tuesday afternoon at 4 o'clock, I left State College, Pennsylvania, and rolled into Seattle at midnight Friday night. That's awesome. And <laughs> I had like uh, my high altitude, my, 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 my um, climbing boots, had my high altitude climbing suit, I had a tank bag, and I had a, a, a fanny pack. 
and Fuck and that was it. And so I just rad. and 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 the last day was um, uh, was Laramie to Seattle. Oh god, that's a fucking bad drive too. And <laughs> you get the wind in Laramie just oh, fucks you up. Fuck. It was. It, I mean, that was that was intense because I think it was like eighteen hours nonstop on the bike. So and, you just wow. described your your biking like your endurance, which is really funny because my motorsports history matches CrossFit perfectly. <laughs> like I go really fucking hard until the wheels fly off, which right. is basically it defines drifting. Okay. <laughs> like I just yeah. burn, burn, burn. Ah, shit. My car's wrecked or I hit the wall or my fucking tires are done for. And then you're done for the day. And that's my experience. So I, our motorsports match our, <laughs> match our affinity for physical, physical expression. That's pretty interesting. That's awesome. That's I, there funny. is something that you mentioned something about building bikes and it. This is, it, it is something. So it, it is a style thing. Yeah. And there's there's a spectrum here for people that respect motorsports is one thing. Like I I'm I thought it was a disease for a long time that I have to mess with everything. Like I have to customize everything. Mm-hmm. Every car that I've ever gotten, I've like stock sucks. Chopped springs, painted shit, did whatever I could afford, I would do just to be different. And obviously, you know, you fuck up sometimes <laughs> for sure. But there's this, I never understood like growing up in a hot rod shop. I never understood the guys that came in and they wanted matching numbers and they wanted it to look exactly like it came out of the factory and it needs to be this. And then when it's all perfect, they're going to put it in this warehouse and it's going to be perfect. They're going to cover it until what, like what the fuck are you waiting for? Like that thing was meant to be like ridden hard and put away if you put it away Mm -hmm. and so i think that's really fun that's also a a similar personality trait like you use the things and they're yours by either carving your name in metal or whatever the thing is Uh, that's a a fascinating personality quirk for some people some people don't have it i don't trust those people (laughs) i'm with you (laughs) (laughs) i i I, I, honestly i tried to get into motorcycles i probably did that I, I did the wrong. I just got into like fast bikes really quick. So I started really at, like uh, Ducati 900 Super Sport. That thing was like, okay, it's torquey and fun. And then it went like Ducati 999, which is fucking out of control. And then it went Repsol 1000. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. And so I downgraded and got a, a Ducati Monster. That was the last bike I had. And I just remember riding being like, I I trust myself to ride 100%. I can handle like rain i can handle slick surfs i can handle the abrupt shift and whatever um i don't trust other people like and no. i'm basically flying down yeah. the street and they don't give a fuck and i do <clears throat> and that's why i had to cut it but i wonder how you still contend with that like riding a motorcycle still to this day yeah it's you know it's backed off a lot for mm-hmm. sure like i won't be surfing down big cottonwood anymore and that's just not that i couldn't do it or mm-hmm. afraid of it it's just it's been done. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's you did that, that trick and yeah. they yeah, filmed I did, it. I and did you can that go home. trick for sure. And, but some, you know, you just weigh your, your risk to reward, right? Like mm, yeah. there, you're always adding things on, um, outside of what your main thing is. You yeah. know, you always are sort of trying other things and my personality is to just kind of dive in pretty deep to whatever I'm trying to, <laughs> cause that's how you learn if you like it or not, yeah. you know? And so, you know, things can build, I, I, I don't know, that's it. I mean, part, part of this, um, one of the reasons that I, that, uh, I just said, I think we've resonated, uh, you know, is 
due to the sort of um, shared interest in the intersection between art and action. And you've always been like editing videos. I mean, the, 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 there was a, there was a period where I was watching, maybe watching more consistently or something. It would have been in that time frame when you were training in the gym that you were, that you were putting little edits together with snow, with snowboarding, with the motorcycles, with it, like, like it so consistently that it blew me away that, wow, the, the work capacity and your desire to do it was, um, Alarming and inspiring. <laughs> alarming in the sense that, like, God damn it, I'm such a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> this guy's just fucking putting this stuff together yeah, in, and putting is. this stuff out. And and um, and so I'm guessing that it came sort of from snowboarding. Is it like okay, there was a film that be, you know the, there was a film company for a while that you were working with that was that was filming you, and then you probably realized like, well, we can we can do more or more and better on our own if we just learned the stuff kind of we sort of we you know when we started filming it was all film so you're running you know the yeah the companies were all running their airy 16 yep. mills and so when we started doing the street stuff the amount of film you were burning was crazy was crazy the, yeah the try like our backcountry stuff so different like you build a jump and your your battles are way different you can the battles in the street tend to be way longer, like jumping. I don't know if it's a mental thing or what, but you build a jump and there's three or four people, you know, all of them are going to hit it as well. Yeah. There's only so many landings and there's know? only so many angles to shoot. And there, from. yeah. And so you, you move into this thing and it's just, you're like, I'm doing this right now. And, and there's no time pressure in the sense of the cops are coming. Right. They're not coming. I mean, Certain backcountry areas, they're probably coming, but backcountry stuff just seemed to, you know, it filmed quicker, yeah, moved faster, um, and then the street stuff was just more of a grind. And they were fine filming the film; they hated the idea of Digi. But then uh, those Sony VX one thousands started popping. We were using them in skate, and so we, me and JP, bought one and we brought it into. For the first year, he wouldn't even let us use it. We were really? like, yeah, we were filming our street stuff with it. And he's like, I'm not using that footage. That that's, that footage looks like crap. And we're like, we're like, you have to use this footage because this is good footage. Yeah. So, and, and were they resistant because it would be a mixture of film and digital and the, and the difference would be obvious or, um, that, that, that some, and then just kind of that purist, you know, the, sure. the, he loved it so much that the idea of digital was just such a, you know, it was just such a chopped to the neck oh, yeah. for him, you know. And so that was a long, that was a a, a, a period of adjustment. An educational took a little, process. Yeah, it took a while. Just <laughs> in 2002 <laughs> is when this yeah. happened. But it was fun. It was funny because he wouldn't, you know, the main guy wouldn't even hold the camera. He's like, I'm not touching that thing. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we learned how to film because we were filming. I had to film JP now because he wasn't going to touch that digital camera. And then he would still get the film shot, but then what we ended up getting is all this behind the scenes stuff. Right. Because I'm just running camera because it's tape. Because it's free. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like eight bucks a tape. And so we're just spinning this thing, 60 minutes on the tape. Who cares? You know, rewind it, record over it if you want. Yeah. So we're just, I'm, I'm filming everything. So we're filming, you know, the bro downs, we're filming 
the makes when everyone's happy and stoked. And so all of a sudden this, there's this new element to the movies where we can actually build stories and, and that type with of that thing. behind the scenes with stuff, that with behind the, the scenes stuff. with the depth and then that, you, and then you have multiple angles too. And that's really, I think what pushed him over the edges. Cause when it came to editing, he's like, Hey, I got all this 16 looks great, but now we have, a, an yeah. extra angle yeah. and it's actually pretty good. We can color tweak it a little bit and, and I'm okay with the way the digital looks, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. and then it, and yeah, then it started I don't to work. really like it, but I can take it. But yeah, since the whatever. trick's so good, like we'll run it, you know, that, and <laughs> that's, it, that was a okay. fun transition. I mean, it was, you know, maybe not at the time it felt stressful and sure. intense, but it was so fun. <laughs> I mean, because there, I mean, that if you're, you know, on on that sort of bleeding edge of of, you know, marrying digital to analog in a way. And now we're in an era, however many years later, and I'm just going to say 20, but it's probably more um, where that is exactly what we're trying to do here is like, you know, remarry, if right. you will, <laughs> back into, yeah, you know, the, the analog pieces back into, I mean, you have a copy of Ray's right there. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's part of that statement. And the fact that, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, I started shooting film again with my camera and developing eggs in the darkroom and just realizing like, okay, there's a, there's a, a complementary aspect to this that has, that almost got like thrown out with the trash. You absolutely did. And despite it's not inconsiderable sort of weight or value or something. And uh, not that anybody's going to go back to shooting 16 mil film, but because. But they are. Are like, they? Like, yeah, Vans just did, just released a two-year video of all snowboarding, all shot 16. Fuck. Street and everything. It's really good. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Landline, you should go look at That's it. fucking yeah. cool. So it's coming back around. Yeah, I mean, there's people like that. And that was a young kid. I forget how old he is. He's, but yeah, he's a young kid. And he shot, he wanted to shoot that thing in 16. And that's pretty sick, you know? Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Like, you got to respect that. And they did it. Yeah, they would have cool. liked to do it, I think, in a year. They extended it, but just ended up being a better project, you know, more time. And it's those footage. details and those those certain feels, like, feelings that you get from something like that. And even, like you know, the whole record thing that's coming, like it has come back. I was going to say, it's, it's like, coming exactly. back. Dude. It is, it is back and yeah. hard. I know. Right. It's like a whole, <laughs> it's just a whole perspective thing. And it's like, it goes right along with that, that style. You yeah. That's, it's super admirable. So that just reinforces for me, the fact that I am, I'm growing this hair until I can bring back the mullet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> style <Bring> matters. <laughs> a mullet, style however, matters. is lack of style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I Point taken. Well, I think... Th Depends there is, on who's running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, there is something... Doing something the hard way gives a story behind it as well. Like yeah. doing things by hand, doing things in-house, doing things in film. I, I think... But we like the layers because it's cool to go see a movie, but it's less cool if you're like, oh man, they shot it really easily. They couldn't miss a shot because they had 90 cameras or whatever. And that was, maybe that was the thing on Peter Jackson's, uh, when he did The Hobbit, I think he, he had like 400 red cameras or something. So he didn't have to, it was something ridiculous. I can't remember what it was exactly, but 
the irony was like they were selling it on this idea that it was going to be so much easier because they could condense the shooting thing. And I go, it's easier I, for someone. So, yeah, harder for others. But there's another leg to that, which is like you become almost interested immediately when you're like, wait, they shot what in film? Mm-hmm. Like, why did they do that? And you're like, well, now I want to see. I have no care in the world to watch a, a van's video with I, I people just, that I don't notice. I just wrote it down. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm yeah, like okay, I'm going to go check it out. it out because for whatever. For the backstory or for the work that because we appreciate work. Like you appreciate hard work that people put into something. And I think maybe that's something that you talk about that being an advantage. Suddenly you had all this film of the the backstory, the bro downs, the the celebrations, the pitfalls, the probably the disappointments as well. Sure. And I think that is almost as, if not, you know, dead equal to the actual tricks that happen in I film. I agree. Sure. Right? That's fascinating. Yeah, for sure. I think this this feels uh, like a natural conclusion. Wow. Yeah, we're sitting about two hours right now. Nice. It's pretty cool. Solid. Um, it's and been absolutely fascinating to have oh. you on here. Well, and that's one Thanks of the things I wanted me. to bring up is like, it's been so cool. And, and like Jeremy has innovated so many different things, you know, when that whole customize everything and add style into it is just so fucking awesome. And uh, I, I just want to, like say thanks for one being around and being on the podcast but like i would be lying for sure if i i hadn't i I don't say that you've influenced me like i remember um going to my buddy's house tj's house years and years ago and we were still in high school and like looking through magazines Mm -hmm. and shit and it's just it's just cool man and everything that you've touched has been uh like gold like it's just it's just awesome like we, we talked about like as far as bolts and like your street style uh, snowboarding and how influential that was is and it just changed perspectives which is i think it's super admirable it's yeah. super cool i think well, i appreciate give you something much. and you'll figure out a way to make it cool and to make it yours and to make yeah. other people want to do that thing that you're doing certainly make it mine i don't know if it'll be cool or not but it'll be mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome i think uh uh, we'll just set up the, the second visit right now because um, <laughs> so a little over a year ago, had sort of a, what is potentially a very transformative experience in the backcountry yeah. um, that uh, would, we, sh- we should definitely talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. an, an accident, an injury, but more, more interestingly, which sort of brought us back into orbit in a way is like the re- recovery from that and to, to, to see how... Uh, not only physically, but psychologically, you know, that changes perspective a little bit. I think it'd be a really, really interesting thing to, to, to revisit, especially as you get, you know, like you said, I think I'm going to do these tricks again. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and, and that's a, an attitude thing that, I mean, the extent of the injuries and, and is something that would have just shut a lot of people down. Mm. And I think we should, uh, you know, maybe sometime, whenever whenever you know, yeah. we'd sit down it's, and kind of kind of go through that just because uh and maybe um j- just explore the you know the the nature of like sort of overcoming setbacks in a way especially things that are like a- as deep as that and, and uh, i think that's good good info for people i think it's invaluable info for for people to absorb that kind of mm-hmm. understanding setbacks and not you know 
it's not just falling down and getting back up yeah. anymore. It's, it's, yeah, it's falling down, a little more. staying down for a while. It's, yeah. And then the, yeah. the staying down, you know, it's, you know, scraping that egg off of the, the frying pan. You didn't grease. It just <laughs> doesn't come up as easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we'll look at that. Um, we'll have that conversation sometime in the future. And uh, yeah, thank you for sitting down with us. Oh, so. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Super cool.